Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. You're listening to BGN Radio. Thrown out to the far side on a bubble screen and running in for the touchdown is Jeremy Macklin. Right here on bleedinggreennation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly. Mm. And part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. week to get over with Seattle, but uh, we have arrived again at another Dallas week. It almost, you know, has that back-to-back type of feel because it's uh, so short in between, but uh, glad you're with us here on uh, episode number 71. We're creeping up to 100 there. We got to we gotta start, uh, you know, worrying about burial plots and uh, condos <laughs> and uh, all this other stuff. And uh, Mr. James Zeltzer, Mr. Patrick Wall, of course, all beautiful here, pantless, and ready to go. Our apologies to uh, BLG and uh, to uh, the listening audience as well. He had some car trouble, so uh, we are hoping that he gets home just fine. And Danny, uh, I'm going to bring this up just at the top of the show because it is it is Cowboys Week. They're really well, in my opinion. There's there's not a lot of difference. It's going to be what you're going to be seeing uh, game plan wise, both from the Eagles and or Dallas. Uh, but uh, somebody took issue to that uh, this week as I was just you know. I, I went over to blogging the boys as you do on Wednesdays and Thursdays, just looking for other storylines and what they're talking about. I decided to listen to their podcast, which I think is really well produced uh, and all that stuff. And they had Katie Drummond, who was the uh, used to be, I think the used to be the editor in chief over there and when did his own blog. And I like Katie a lot. I, I really I honestly do. I think he's a, he's a great guy to kind of listen to and, um, you know, some of his takes are we can debate about and argue back and forth, but he he literally just had one, and I'm going to play it here for you. Um, the issue about whether or not the Cowboys' defense can react to the Philly fast pace, I think that they can. They're not Seattle. They do have some of the things that are possible because they, they slowed them down last year. You know, they only gave it three points in the first matchup last year, so we know it's possible. And all I did was quote that on Twitter, was just saying that, you know, it's possible because this Dallas defense last year 
almost a year and a half ago, actually, week seven, where Nick Foles played one of the worst games of his career and could probably be tied with the, you know, the first half of the Jaguars this season. And then you end up with basically QB three and Matt Barkley to try and do any type of resurgence there. Uh, but, uh, I, I, all I did was that. And then basically it was just like an idiot. I'm an idiot the entire time, but just in my head, how on earth could you compare because they shut it down week seven, you know, last year that they, they, there is a possible, possible, possible way to hold them to three points. James Elter, am I crazy? No, I mean, this is insanity. I, I, I don't, I mean, I think it's a kind of a manufactured thing here. I mean, they're completely different teams. It's a different quarterback. It's a different second year in a system, different offensive weapons on the field. It's just, we're talking apples and oranges here. Honestly, for me, I mean, all that was like noise. I'm I'm still getting over the the fact that you did call that I am pantless, which I'm very impressed (laughs) about. And and just on top of that, the way you worked such a, a... a depressing open and turned it into something positive. They're starting with graveyards and, and uh, being a hundred and dying. And then all of a sudden we're, we're, you know, talking about uh, the Cowboys game from last year and trying to compare it to this year. It's, it's wild. I love it. John. Yeah. I don't Yeah. Yeah. Pete, well, I just like, I, they took, yeah, well, he took issue with it. Cause I, I had just said like, yeah, and it's less talented and you know, I, I don't know what you expected to fix from things get like, why didn't you go back to Thanksgiving as your point of like, you know what? What you could try and 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 drum up there. You had to go all the way back to, uh, a, well, at least a more player talented uh, defense. And now it's just I don't know. Whatever. Cowboys fans to me are just still delusional on on what their team is. I, I Patrick, I think we have a pretty good understanding of what the Eagles are at this point, don't you? I would say, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we know that the secondary is bad. We know that that's exactly what Dallas should do, and we know that Dallas probably won't do that because they'll be stuck doing just let's run the ball and see if that works and take away more opportunities for, the, you know, for the – if I'm Dallas, I'm flipping the script because it it didn't work last time. I'm targeting Bradley Fletcher. I'm targeting Kerry Williams. I'm, tar- I'm having Des Bryant – run go routes and just say, go ahead. Uh, you know, a flag will come eventually, at least early. Uh, you know, Patrick, or would you attack this Eagles defense any any differently? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't know why other teams haven't been doing that all season. I mean, yeah, LaShawn McCoy is an all-pro running back, but, I mean, the Eagles secondary is not very good outside of Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, so I fully expect this game to be a lot of passing on the part of the Cowboys. Um, I think Des Bryant had maybe his worst game of the season against the Eagles on Thanksgiving. I do not expect a repeat performance out of him. Uh, I think to expect the game to go the same as it did on Thanksgiving is folly, and uh, you'll be setting yourself up for a pretty serious disappointment. Um, I think the Cowboys are going to come out mad. They're going to come out motivated, and the Eagles better not think that they can sleep on this team because this is going to be a much closer game. It's going to be much more competitive. Um, and I'm glad it's the home game. Yeah, I, going back to your point, I, I totally agree. I think that if you're an offensive coordinator or a coaching staff coming in to face the Eagles, I think the way you look at it is, all right, we're going to beat them through the air. I, I mean, this Eagles run defense has been quietly really, really good this season. I, I don't think people realize how good they are. I mean, if you look at it on a per-play basis, they're only giving them 3.9 yards per carry. That's a stout run defense, and we all know how good the defensive line has played in. 
the one thing I will say is, is after Dallas saw them on Thanksgiving and, and I agree with Patrick, we'll get to, you know, where we see the game going and stuff, but I think it's going to be a very different game. I think the Cowboys, you know, ha- we're coming off short rest, having the night game in New York and coming back Romo. I think we'll see a different Romo. Uh, but ultimately I think you really have to, if you're Dallas, you have to try and throw the ball through the air. You have to attack the, the backside of that Eagles defense because this run defense is really good, and that defensive line showed them on Thanksgiving how good they can be. I don't know. I don't know how good Romo is, guys. I mean, honestly, I, I, you can. I think that's that's what a lot of a lot of folks are trying to sell you on is well, R- Romo will be more rested. Sorry, bro. go ahead. I, I'm not to cut you off there, but I, I don't. I don't think it's a question of how good or or not good Romo is. I think it's a question of the fact that just watching that game. I mean, we've seen Tony Romo a lot being in Philadelphia for as long as we have and, and, you know, watching the Eagles as long as we have. And he didn't look like the same guy he normally is. And even the same guy he's looked like this season against the Bears in most games. I mean, Romo's had a nice season, especially from a, you know, touchdown interception perspective. He, he's had a good season. So I think it's unfair to say that we're going to see the Tony Romo that we saw on Thanksgiving on Sunday. No, I, I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying there's... I mean, even just like you said, James, in Chicago, you're still struggling to throw the deep ball. It's, it's. I mean, there is. If you don't think a broken rib and and two and and a broken back don't affect the way you throw, I, sorry. I mean, there. It's just like even on you know when you when he's rolling out or any of that stuff. It's why he's taking the sacks that he is. I'm not sure if you're going to see that much different of a passing game. I think uh, maybe Jason Witten. You know, is 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 probably going to have a better game because there were times where he was wide open. So that's, I I think it'll be closer. I just don't think it's going to be. I don't think the Eagles can lose it. Really, I mean, I I just I, I don't I don't think there is a possible way unless Sanchez and everybody just turn over the ball and basically hand it over to the Cowboys. I just I really just don't see it happening. And I think a lot of people are trying to psych themselves up for a prize fight that's just. You know, it's <laughs> gonna be gonna be the undercard. That's just that's just my opinion on it. But uh, well, yeah. I'll say this: if I'm one of the Cowboys' four offensive coaches who have play calling duties, <laughs> I'm trying to get the ball out of Tony Romo's hands immediately. I mean, like you said, Jason Witten, you know, do some shorter stuff because the, if I'm Billy Davis, I am coming after Tony Romo early, and I'm coming after him often. Because we saw in the last game, he was seeing ghosts by the by halftime. Yeah. So I mean, and if you can, if this pass rush at Cotter Barwin can really get to to Romo early, that's game. I mean, not to be overly hyperbolic, but I, I think if you can get to him early with the way that the run defense plays, if you can get inside Tony Romo's head, that's a huge advantage. That's going to be really hard for them to make up because if they can't get the running game going and their quarterback's falling down when he sees Trent Cole coming around the edge, uh, they have no chance of getting anything going on offense. So you know, it, it's a good it's a good game for the uh, for the, for the defense and the Eagles' defense matches up pretty well. But the key is you really do have to get to Romo. And one guy that uh, had a very impactful game when it came. I mean, basically, this is how I look at it. This is this is for the division. Without a doubt, I, 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 there is no way, there's no way that the Eagles lose to the Giants and the Washington unless you know it's just some of those random miracles that <laughs> that happen. Even then, I think we've seen that that Chip Kelly teams 
beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Right. And the small sample size this year is they they haven't lost two games in a row. Um, uh, you know, so is, I, I think there's a lot of positives going through. Getting getting the beat the way they did against Seattle was important. And one guy that knows a lot about being impactful in these type of division games is Mr. Brandon Boykin. And wouldn't you know it, he is currently on our Duncan Philly hotline, the Boy King himself. How are you, sir? What's going on, my friend? <laughs> Doing good, man. Just straight off the practice field. So. Nice, excellent. Well, I mean, uh, speaking of the practice field again, it's a, it's a big week. Uh, the last time that you faced uh, the Cowboys, when it was an important game like this, you came down with the game winning pick. Uh, everybody in Philadelphia went crazy. Uh, you know, what does this week kind of mean to you now? You've been here for a while. Is there more of a, a big rivalry that plays a part uh, when you come out on the field on Sunday? Um, yeah, I think every time we play them. You know, it's, it's you know postseason implications on the line, and it just so happens that's kind of what's going on this year, just like last year. But you know, we're just gonna do what we've been doing. I mean, we had a really good game yesterday on Thanksgiving, knowing that they've had some time off, they're gonna come back and uh, definitely be ready for us. But I think you know, as long as we do what we're supposed to do, it'll be fun. And for you, has this you know, it's a it's a it's a pretty important game. Obviously, there's still more things in the season to play out here, but. What's what's your mentality, and I guess the team's mentality of of the importance of coming away with a win uh, this week? Because every win is important from from this point on. I mean, uh, you know, if we want to go where we want to, I think you know we can't take any game lightly. Um, and knowing how big this game is, how big and pivotal it'll be for uh, the future of where we're trying to go. Uh, we gotta, we gotta just do everything we can right now during the week to be ready. And um, what's the plan? I mean. Obviously, not specifics and anything like that. But what's what's also the mentality of how do you you guys had such success kind of limiting the passing game uh, the last time you guys saw each other on Thanksgiving? What you guys kind of stick to more of the same here, or do you plan on doing anything uh, different here? I mean, well, Dallas wants to run the ball. You know, they got a really good running back. They got a great offensive line. So, um, they feel like they can run the ball. And last game, they did a really good job of stopping the run, stopping the stretch, stopping uh, Demarco Murray. So. Um, they really had no choice but to run once we kind of got that lead. So um, if we can dictate the game, dictate the tempo, and uh, you know dictate how we play the game, I think uh, then we'll be able to stop the pass focus on doing that. So I think it just starts by doing the fundamentals and the techniques and, and doing it on play time. And there's been, you know, quite a lot of critics, as I'm guessing you would expect, coming after you know a really tough loss against Seattle. Um, you know, how fast do you guys kind of just move on? To the next thing, what do you do with deal with all the criticism of you know everybody kind of freaking out? You guys could have done this better. You could have done that better. How how much do you kind of dwell on that, and then how fast do you kind of move on? That I mean, that's the great part about this team is that once the game is over, we come back in two days later and we're focused on the next thing. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's discussing it. Nobody's heads down, and that's why we're always able to just bounce back no matter what. So um, you know, once the Seattle game is over, we really focus on Dallas. But, we all know we can't control what happens. Just move forward and, and try to get the victory this week. Like morale's been good, and that's been great you know, around the team and around the city. So everybody's okay. And you know, there's there's a lot of people, including myself, that feel as though that the defense doesn't get enough uh, credit, probably even nationally and sometimes locally. Who for you on the defense doesn't get enough credit as far as what he does on the field in and out every day? Um, for me, I'd just say everybody up front. I mean, the whole defensive line, if it wasn't for those guys, uh, you know, the stuff that UCF doing in the secondary, you know, getting interceptions or 
of being able to, you know, come up and make pass plays and things like that wouldn't be happening because they get their hands up and they disrupt timing and they do all those things to make the quarterback uncomfortable. But nobody really ever sees it. So that our defensive line is, is stout and great and strong. Um, they're a huge reason that, you know, we always – come up with big plays. And, you know, out of those guys, do you think, who's one of those guys that you think deserves to go to the Pro Bowl without a doubt in your mind? Oh, my God. go to the Pro Bowl? I don't know. I mean, we got so many guys. Connor having an amazing year. Such a top having an amazing year. Uh, you know, and we got guys that rotate and do their jobs, like Cedric and Denny and even DG having a, a great year. So, like I said, it's just um, a whole bunch of guys working together. I think, you know, very rarely do you get a, a team of guys that are just having a successful year all together, everybody. Just get it, get it Excellent. Well, Brandon, I thank you so much for taking a little time here on BGN Radio, and good luck on Sunday. And if you can come away with another pick towards the end of the game, I'm sure we would appreciate it. <laughs> okay, cool, man. Have a good <laughs> all right, thanks, Brandon. Brandon Boykin, Philadelphia Eagles. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. And, of course, thanks to the Eagles for uh, allowing us to uh, have them on there. So the more the merrier. Keep them coming. Uh, what do you say we give away some tickets here, gang? Uh, so basically how this is going to work, just as usual, we're going to go through both uh, the BGN uh, radio retweet contest, and we also allowed you to get that double entry at Liberty Pods, which we are uh, graciously a part of with Tony Bruno Kyle Scott from uh, Crossing Broad, and now Aton Shander. Welcome to the family, sir, uh, as it's uh, more sports-heavy programming over at libertybroadcast.co. So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to scroll the mouse on on uh, both browsers here, and we're going to land on a winner. Uh, James uh, Zeltzer and his famous drum roll are going to kick us off. So, James, drum roll, please. drum roll ever I, that's, I love it so much okay uh oh my gosh oh my god this guy's gonna freak out i wish i could actually see him see his reaction right now adam s you my friend ball is life one eight five pack your bag son you are going to see the dallas cowboys come in to uh, a, a late sunday night football game sir congratulations you have finally done it. Ball is life. One eight five. I mean, if <laughs> that's so hilarious, it was on the uh, it was on the double grab, my friend. So it's a, it's a good thing you did that. Congratulations, you are heading to Sunday Night Football uh, this week as the Eagles take on the Cowboys. Congratulations. We'll DM you for all of uh, the rest of the information. Uh, let's get back into it, though, guys. The one great thing about this team and what we were just talking about earlier is that they can they they quickly move on from these things. You know, it's it's maybe just you're in the moment for that. You come into practice and now you're you're ready to face Dallas. Uh is that I mean I, I know it's I we really wanted everybody wanted this Eagles team to be like, okay, maybe maybe they're elite and then maybe they can hang and you know maybe they go back into Green Bay and, and do this. And I think obviously now that there's 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 a lot of doubters out there, but you know, James, are you buying into the teams, the team struggles basically after after getting their butts kicked against Seattle. It's a tough one because when you look at the numbers, I mean, over the last two seasons, overwhelmingly teams have played worse than they normally do the week after playing Seattle. It's you know, I don't, 
I don't know if it's more they're more physical or, or whatever it is, but there's something there. Honestly, though, I, I don't I don't buy it this week. I don't buy it with this team. I mean, the offense was only on the field for 45 plays. You can't tell me that those guys are are too tired because they you know, went up against that Seattle defense on 45 plays. Uh, and this this team in general is so well-conditioned and, and with the recovery stuff that Chip Kelly promotes and the, the sports science stuff, I don't see any issue from a physical standpoint going into the, the game on Sunday night. Yeah, and again, it's, it goes back to strength. I mean, the Rams early, the Panthers early, Raiders, Giants, Chiefs, Cardinals, 49ers, Eagles. I mean, it's just, you know, all right, sure. I mean, there's one of those one of those mantras is going to break here, though. But I mean, you know, Patrick, we we talked a little bit about it on the reaction show, but has this changed your focus on where this team can go and how high their ceiling is for the rest of the year? I was actually just talking to uh, to uh, fellow co-host Matt Daring about this today. Uh, where is. I uh, <clears throat> yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like this team has a pretty concrete ceiling. Um, I think you are limited in some ways by your personnel. Uh, that isn't to say that the Eagles can't make a run in the playoffs. In fact, there's a pretty clear, um, you know, there's a pretty clear path for some some playoff success this season if everything breaks, kind of the breaks the way it is now. Um, but the Seahawks game doesn't really change my view. It, I, I, I probably would be a little bit uh, more enthusiastic if they had beaten Seattle. Um, but you know, it is what it is. And and the Eagles will have a chance in the playoffs to prove that they can be uh, a great team and what a stage to do it on. So, um, you know, win these last three games, get out of the division feeling good, uh, go into the postseason uh, feeling good. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really think that the way I view this team's immediate future has changed because, you know, because Richard Sherman likes to talk yeah and and real quick to jump in there i mean you know they lost that game they got beat handily we we know that seattle was the better team that day and if malcolm jenkins catches that ball it's a three-point game in the fourth quarter you know so they weren't that far away especially for a game where they just didn't look like the eagles we've seen this season you know the the defense fought valiantly they were just on the field too much there were some lapses but ultimately if if the offense can convert some third downs, convert some plays that they just missed that were out there. They're not that far away. It's not like they got blown off the field. And the Eagles have really only had one game where they've looked straight up bad. Yeah, and that was the Green Bay game. And that, I mean, we've seen what Lambeau can do. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when Atlanta came back the other night, that was maybe the most shocking thing for me this season. (laughs) Even though they didn't win the game, they were down 31 to 7 at Lambeau halftime. I was like, they're going to lose 50 to seven and it's over and they just want to go home. And, and, you know, it showed me something a little bit about Atlanta, but uh, you know, I, I feel like that's just such a weird situation to walk into this season. There's something special going on at Lambo. Yeah. Well, well I mean, the thing that's going on is his name is Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I mean, he's right. Gonna, I mean, right. Well, obviously, are, obviously, but you are, so, I mean, Sorry. against him versus at home on the road there. I mean, they're winning by over 20 points a game at home. It's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. And and that's the, I guess, we, you know, I, I kind of feel better and better about the Seattle game because immediately all those type of fans, not everybody, but all those type of fans that say Chip Kelly's a gimmick and da 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 and you get it from the other side and but go back to college. That? Of course they are because it's just like, see, tough defenses shut this down. 
But then you go back and you watch it again and look at the tape. And you're like, oh, there's Jordan Matthews roaming completely free down the sideline for a touchdown. Oh, there's Zach Ertz again, wide open. As as we had said before on the preview show, these guys can't cover right, you know, running backs and tight ends. And they were open. Those plays were open. Guess who didn't find him? Quarterback. So again, it just keeps coming back to like, okay, well that that limitation is is definitely set in. So yeah, Nick Foles or or you know Mark Sanchez. In my opinion, of course, we've said this all along, saying that either one of them, it doesn't matter. They both you're trading one problem for the other. Yeah, one one guy has you know the deep ball, but his pocket presence is great. The other guy's pocket presence is great, but can't really throw the deep ball that much. It's just you're trading one thing for the other. Speaking of that, let's uh, get to the phone lines. <laughs> We want to hear from you. Call the Duncan Philly Anytime Hotline. Leave us a message and we'll put you on the air. 267-245-6066. That's 267-245-6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. Until the Cowboys game, I don't think I realized how badly Nick Foles was hurting our run game. Uh, seeing Mark Sanchez tuck and run just occasionally uh, really opened things up so defenses couldn't completely sell out and key on Shady. You guys already said that uh, that there's no point in debating it. We need somebody in the draft. Uh, but how are we going to get a great quarterback? Follow-up question, or I guess the first question. <laughs> uh, we can't get a great quarterback in the draft if we make the playoffs. We just, we won't have that. I mean, you trade up and sell the farm. I mean, what are you going to give? Are you going to give Shady up? I mean, you're going to have to give up a marquee player to get a, uh, a high, a high draft quarterback. So it just seems it's a little depressing and it doesn't seem like there's a way out of this. I mean, how could we actually get the quarterback or uh, a such a major increase in secondary that we move beyond one and done in the playoffs. They, you know, people want to know, guys. Patrick, is there a difference going forward here with Sanchez or with Foles? There's a possibility that he can come down here and start. Um, some people are speculating that if he's healthy enough, maybe he starts the the Washington game on Saturday. Uh, are do you think there's a difference? Uh, not a discernible difference. No, I mean, you're you're talking about quarterbacks in the same tier so you know Foles might be better at a deep ball but he like you just said I mean his pocket presence isn't as great we're talking about nitpicky things here because the things that really matter in a Chip Kelly offense are decision making uh foot speed a little bit as we're seeing there's been a lot of those missed plays this season from both quarterbacks uh it's decision making it's awareness it's being able to hit a wide open Jordan Matthews for a touchdown against the best <laughs> secondary in football. Yeah. You were not asking for a lot here. I mean, I don't know what the read was on that, but I mean, you look at that and you just go, you know, it's, it's, in, it's infuriating. So I think, I think you're splitting hairs when you're talking about these two quarterbacks. They're very similar. If they were on Madden, they'd have the same rating. They just have different arrangement of stats. It's that kind of thing. Um, you know, and you hope that that Sanchez or Foles, whoever gets gets in there in the presumed postseason, uh, maybe pulls a Flacco and elevates their game uh, a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean they're the same. And as the caller pointed out, James, you know, do you think that? Uh, I mean, he he's saying he believes that Sanchez definitely 
has a little more impact on the running game than he originally thought. Do you think that there is uh, an impact there when Sanchez is in there? Well, I think we saw that there certainly can be. Uh, you know, in that Dallas game, the fact that Sanchez did keep it and, and run for that touchdown and gain 25 yards on the ground, that changed the game. That changed the dynamic of how they were defending the run. So, yeah, it certainly can, but... In the Seattle game, Sanchez didn't run it once. He didn't keep it once, and I don't know if that was the right call or not. I haven't looked at the film to see if if he had an opening to take it, but it certainly showed in that Dallas game that Sanchez has the ability to escape if he sees the read and sees that they're keying on McCoy and can take it and just scamper for five, three, seven, eight, whatever it is, and, and maybe break off a 10, 12-yarder. He has that ability. It can certainly change the game and the dynamic of the running offense uh, we've just only seen it happen once, so it's really hard to judge, you know, what, what can be done, but potentially, absolutely. Good God, hashtag whatever it takes. Seriously. <laughs> I, I just can't. It's so bad. I know it's unrealistic, guys. I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I'm just telling you. you Mariota! Be- you, you, you better do your due diligence. I, I, seriously, if there's really no possibility, Fine. But man, oh, man. And that's the other thing that kills me, too, is because you get these articles of like, oh, should uh, Chip Kelly, is Chip Kelly getting more conservative? What the hell are you guys talking about? That's what we're just, they're, they're wide open. They are there to make plays. There has been no game that I have looked at or seen since Chip Kelly has been, been here to call conservative <laughs> at, at all. The guy went for it on fourth and one on his first possession after a turnover, and then they scored immediately after. That's not conservative. Most people tell you to kick the field goal there. I just don't understand. The Philadelphia Eagles need a quarterback. I know that there's a lot of you that think that Foles is the guy. Fine. Foles is the guy. He comes back out next year, surprises us all. I'll, 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 seriously, I'll give you 100 bucks. Really. But this team needs a quarterback. All right, John, let me flip it around on you then. There's been all this Mariota talk this week. Chip's been asked questions because he's going to win the Heisman and press conferences. Would you do what it takes? Would you would you give away, let's say, this year's first, next year's first, and another pick and a piece or something? Whatever it's going to take to move up from the mid to late 20s to get up to number one, to would, get Mariota. I, would you do it? I personally said I would give up three number ones and three number twos to go and get them. Wow. If that gets the, wow. if that gets the deal done. The window's closing, guys. I don't care what anybody says about this team. Yes, the defense needs holes fixed. Yes, that's that's you needed somebody to, re, uh, to get replaced on D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah, you need a cornerback. All that stuff. If you take all the time and one, you have to hit on six picks, right? And we know that 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 is always a fifty-fifty chance there. I know Marcus Mariota isn't a short thing, but it's pretty damn close. I think there's there's a ceiling to where he could be a, a, a franchise quarterback, and I'm not saying that's Andrew Luck, but there's definitely a higher ceiling there than anything that's. That's here, and and at a minimum, your 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 floor is where it's at now, you know. So it, as long as you draft a guy like that, you have fools under here. You make him compete for the first year. Maybe he doesn't even start for the first whatever six or seven games, but that's the most important thing right now because you have an offensive line that's deteriorating. You have a a, a great running back who's not going to be great for that much longer. I mean, you have the pieces here offensively to do something great. Go and get your guy. Go do it. You know, that that that's where I'm at. I know a lot of people have heard me yip-yapping about all that, and the, some of them hate me and the, all that other stuff. Where do you guys fit on that? 
Patrick, where are you on this? I'm pretty close to hashtag whatever it takes. <laughs> I got to be honest. I hesitate to give up something like three first round picks just because you have no idea what the future is going to hold. And if you have a burning need at another position that you can't meet because you don't have a first round pick till, you know, till the Sixers get to use that 2020 second rounder they just got this week. That's a topical reference for you guys. Nice. I mean, if, if you can't, if you can't have a first round pick for three years and you have a, a pressing need or a guy that you really want, that really hamstrings you. Um, but at the same time, early indications are that there are no outside of Mariota and maybe Winston. There are no blue chip quarterbacks in this draft, and you're sure as heck not going to get one of those picking at 23 anyway. Right. So it's tough. I mean, the Redskins gave up a ton to move up. What was it? Six spots. Yeah. You're talking about moving up almost the entire length of the first round to get it to get your quarterback. You're going to have to give up. A ton. And I just don't know if the Eagles can even offer enough to get a deal like that done. I mean, that's the other thing. What if, you know, there's a limit to what you can offer and you can give up three picks and shady, but you know, even that, who knows? So uh, I don't feel like Foles or Sanchez are the guy. I feel like you're not going to really be able to compete at an elite level until you have a quarterback that is truly what chip wants and needs. Um, unfortunately, I just don't know if it's in the cards this year. Yeah, I I pretty much echo what Patrick said. But uh, just to add to it, I mean, I, I think the three of us all agree that in a lot of ways, we really trust Chip Kelly and what he's building and what he's doing here. And if he says it's worth it, Mariota, you know, I can win with this kid. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt after the last two years with this guy and what he's done and the, the culture he's instituted. So I'm with you, John. I mean, if, if Chip – and look, they're not going to give away that, that kind of haul, whatever the haul it takes is to do it unless Chip is behind it. And if Chip says, I can win with this guy, then, you know, who am I to argue with him? You know, obviously, you know, the fear is is a, a Jeff Fisher situation where he sends out, you know, <laughs> Michael Brockers and – Alec Ogletree and, and Greg <laughs> Robinson and at Al and you're like, you know, crap. But uh, you know, I'm I'm willing to trust Chip. If he thinks Marriott is this guy, I believe him. Yeah. And that's you know, again, it's it's highly unrealistic. I'm not I'm just pipe dreaming it here, but you know, it, it's gonna be it might be you might hit on some but there is that's what I'm saying. There is no there is no Teddy Bridgewater, Johnny Manziel drop of quarterbacks here. It's Marcus Mariota and then fifty piles of crap. And then the quarterbacks. I mean, and, and it's not that much brighter the year after that either. At least not by what my eye, amateur eyes are telling me. Like you know, if, you know, I'm not smarter than anybody else here. I'm just saying that you have to have you have to have that in place. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be it's it's going to be tricky uh, the next couple of years here. But uh, let's lighten it up. Let's uh, brighten the mood and let's get to the NFL picks. Hit me. It's time to ring the bell. And play some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. And of course, uh, you know, I, I tried to bet on Andy. <laughs> I really tried. I went, went up against James, and yeah, it's t- totally my mistake, P. Wallets. Uh, I, I thought they were going to have the win there, but. Uh, 
James uh, James gets the uh, the delicious burger. But yes, but before before we get in all this, I am so proud that that this man is joining us right now. You know him best uh, as uh, the Walter White lookalike. Uh, he also hosts uh, a show right here on Liberty Broadcast. Dot co. You can find him at the Tony Bruno Show dot com now, which I'm very pumped about. It's the one, it's the only Mr. Monday night, Mr. Thursday night, and we need him to be Mr. Mr. Sunday afternoon. Tony Bruno, how are you, sir? I'm good, John. I was actually Mr. Sunday afternoon last week, so I went Thursday, Sunday, and Monday, which is pretty hard to do when you're an older guy, as you know, to be strong three consecutive, uh, well, not consecutive, but at least three days in the same week. That's that's asking a lot. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, thankfully, we're only we're just asking for your number one lock on Sunday. We're going to kick it off with you. Where are we heading to this Sunday, sir? Well, if we can get out of the snow and the blizzard and the thunder snow and all the other uh, craziness going on out there, I'm going to go to our favorite place, Andy Reid's house, the ah, Kansas yes. City Chiefs, who are absolutely taking on water as the season winds down. And as we saw a couple of weeks ago, they lost outright to the Raiders. And then, of course, uh, they've been leaking a little bit. The Raiders then got all jacked up for the 49ers. So I expect Kansas City back home in a must-win game, not only because, obviously, they're going to be catching the, the Raiders down after their big win over the 49ers. I mean, you saw what happened after the Raiders beat the Kansas City Chiefs the last time. They proceeded to lose at home to the Rams 52 to nothing. So I expect, even though I like the Raiders and I like what they're doing, I think it's time for them to pay a little price. So they're going to go into Kansas City. Andrew Reid's going to matriculate the ball up and down the field, and I think they lay a biblical beatdown on the uh, Oakland Raiders. It's a 10-point line, and I think they'll cover the 10. So I'm going to take the Chiefs in a double revenge situation because if Andy Reid doesn't get his team straightened out soon, they, they, they're they going to be one and done just like last year in the playoffs. So Tony goes with the Chiefs minus 10. He's uh, he's pretty uh, feeling pretty confident. I don't think I'm going to ring the bell on uh, on that one. But James, where are we going next, my friend? John, I, I know Tony sounded confident there. I'm that much more confident about my pick here. Whoa. If I can have a lock of the year, this is my lock of the year. The New York Giants are favored by only six and a half points at home against the Washington Deadskins. This team is done. The, the infighting players are fighting in practice. Jay Gruden and Dan Snyder hate each other. Colt McCoy is going to start if healthy. They don't know if he's going to be healthy. It could be RG3. Washington's lost three of their last four games by 20 points or more. And the Giants beat them 45 to 14 in week four, the last time they played in Washington without Odell Beckham Jr. And Washington is worse now than they were then. I think the Giants smoke them. This podcast needs one thing, and that is more SEO friendly search terms, <laughs> which is why we are going to go to Cleveland. Hey! <laughs> and if this is a pick em between the Bengals and the Johnny Footballs, I really want to see Johnny Manziel throw three picks in a win. So I'm going to take the Browns over the Bengals. I hope it's ugly. I hope it's stupid because I hate that whole division. They're all terrible. <laughs> Go Browns. Hey, now. Uh, Ring the bell! Yeah, I just, I don't trust Johnny. I think Cincinnati is just a better team than the Browns right now. Uh, I just, I don't buy it. I like Manziel a little bit. I think for the future it'll be all right, but... You know, Cincinnati's defense has actually been pretty good against quarterbacks and against passing games in general. I think Cleveland will have no answer for Jeremy Hill or 
for AJ Green. I think the uh, Bengals win that game. I, uh, I, either way, I'm really excited to see uh, Manziel's debut. I think that's uh, much needed. I think that's the only thing that is going to try and allow the uh, the Browns to get into uh, a playoff spot here. I'm gonna get. Uh, let's get a little fancy, and uh, I'm gonna go to Tennessee. Uh, it is the slot bowl at 4:05 p.m. with the Titans and Jets battling out of who sucks less. Uh, Titans are the usual home favorite by plus three, and I'm going to take them. Uh, or no, uh, they're the home dog. What am I saying? They're the home dog plus three. So Grandma always told me, take the home dog, and that is what I'm doing. I'm going with the Tennessee Titans over the New York Jets. I'm going double ring the bell here. Oh, it's yeah. over. Jets, Tennessee's done. Tennessee's packed it in. I think Tennessee might lose to every other team in the league on a given day, I, you know, on any day. I think they're terrible. I think the Jets at least are fighting a little bit for Rex. They took the Vikings to OT. The Vikings haven't been that bad lately. I think the Jets win that easy. Uh, well, let's uh, get to the important stuff. As uh, Mr. Tony Bruno, I want you to kick it off. How is this one ending uh, in Philadelphia on Sunday? You know, it's interesting, John. Even the pre-Thanksgiving game or the prediction on the day before Thanksgiving – I really didn't know what to expect. I know the Cowboys don't play well well at home, and they're the best road team in football. It's amazing how this team goes on the road, and they're a completely different team. And I know they have all the, all this extra time to prepare. And I know Tony Romo's got shots, and he's going to Lords, and he's going to the Fountain of Youth, and he's going to all these different places. And it's not going to be the same kind of game because Dallas, to me, obviously both teams know that you know whoever loses the team is going to have a tough road to hoe to win the division, but. Obviously, whoever wins this game is pretty much locking themselves in because both teams have easy schedules, and all the Eagles have to do is win this game and then beat Washington, who's in in total retreat mode. So is this a big game for both teams? Absolutely. I didn't know what to expect the first time. I didn't think it would be that easy in Dallas. It's not going to be that easy here. And interestingly, this this number hasn't moved. And why I think it hasn't moved, that three-and-a-half Eagles favorite, is because it's the Sunday night game, and a lot of the degenerate gamblers out there are going to wait to see what happens Thursday night and Sunday and, and then figure out whether they're going to go and mail it in on this game and go one side or the other. But that's an unusual thing to see. No movement whatsoever on a game of this magnitude for the Sunday night game. I, I think the Eagles are the better team. I think you know, everybody's talking about the Seattle game and how poorly they play. They don't lose two in a row. They haven't lost two in a row. And the Dallas Cowboys defense, you know, with all due respect, is not even in the same planet as the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks really needed to win that game, John. I mean, I had Warren Moon on my podcast last week and said, Who's, who is this game bigger for, the Eagles or Seattle? And he flat out said the Seahawks because the Seahawks know that they need to win and hope Arizona loses or else they really don't control their own destiny out in that AFC West. Absolutely, Tony. That's, you know, that's a lot of us how we're feeling here. Any uh, chance at a score prediction? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, that's one thing about football. Anytime you think it's a low-scoring game, it's going to be a crazy wild game. When you think it's going to be a high-scoring game, I think there'll be a lot of points scored. I think the over-under in this game, if you really want to go behind the numbers, is 55. And so, obviously, the gambling world thinks that these two teams are going to light up the scoreboard. I think that the Eagles' defense, as we've seen, as well as they played against Seattle, they're really weak on third down. And I'm expecting Tony Romo, if they don't put pressure on him, he's going to this time, unlike the first game where you saw complaining on the sideline, he's going to get the ball to his tight end. You remember that first Dallas game on Thanksgiving? I mean, Jason Witten was screaming at the coaches. I think he had one catch in that game. So you know one thing you can bet the house on. 
Jason Witten is going to find a way to get open in the middle of the field like he always does, especially on third down situations. And that's going to be a big test for this Eagle defense. As far as the Cowboy defense, I mean, the Eagles, you know, the Eagles aren't afraid of any defense. So I think they'll be able to score, move the ball. And if Shady McCoy can run again and get loose, I think the Eagles win this game. And I think they win it by a touchdown. I don't think there's going to be a 24-point blowout. I don't think it's going to be a field goal game. I think the Eagles win by a touchdown. But it's going to be a really, really competitive and fun game to watch. Excellent. The great Tony Bruno. Always catch him uh, with us on LibertyBroadcast.co. And, of course, you can always check it out on the new, the new, now not dot me, TonyBrunoShow.com. Congratulations on that, Tony. I'm glad well, you got that you. back. only required uh, about $250 to, to pay off the dirtbag who stole the, uh, <laughs> the web domain name a couple of years ago when it was inactive. So he started at eight grand to try to get that name back, and we got him down to $250 to get my own stinking tone. But you can see it on TonyBrunoShow.com and .me. They're Excellent. active. Excellent. Well, Tony, thank you so much for hanging out on BGN Radio, and we'll see you uh, hopefully next week. All right, John. Thank you. James Elser, your thoughts? Uh, I have a, a similar thing to Tony. I think the Eagles are just a better team when it comes down to it. I think that outside of the Seattle game, they've been dynamite at home this season. Uh, I, I think that, I, like, P. Wall and I have said this whole podcast. I do think it's we're going to see a better Cowboys team. I don't think it's a route. I think Dallas can hang, but I think ultimately the Eagles just prevail. I think they're a better team. I think let's go. I think it's going to be somewhat high scoring. I'm going to say 31 to 24. Uh, let's go 31 to 27. 31. Birds by four. Nice. Patrick Wall. I think it's going to be a better game. I think it's going to be a closer game. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a close game. I think this is a two-score win easily. I think the Eagles are going to roll in this one still. I think it's. I think we're going to look at a uh, a 34-12. Uh, no, let me try that again. A uh, 34-17 win. Yeah, close one, a blowout. I'm going to say it's somewhere in between there. I definitely think the Cowboys put up a few more points than 10. Uh, so I'm going to say 20... I'll, I'll stick with, well, I'll go a little less than James. I mean, it's Cowboys 21, I'll say Eagles uh, 35. Uh, no field goals, <laughs> which would be an amazement. Um, I don't know if, obviously, that's not going to be the exact, but if it does, I just feel that's the way it's going to go. I don't think Dallas, you can really correct that much of what you did defensively. You know, it, you're limited in what you can do. They play in a lot of, that. They're again, they're Tampa 2 it's uh, it's 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 a definite feast for the Eagles offense against that. But uh, congratulations once again to Adam S. Uh, ball is life, my friend. Um, uh, enjoy those tickets, my friend. If anybody deserved them, uh, you did because you've been with us for a long time and I'm glad I pulled your name. Uh, and of course, a big humongous thank you to Brandon Boykin uh, for joining us. You're welcome back anytime. And another humongous thank you to Tony Bruno, uh, the legendary Tony Bruno. Again, you can check him out at libertybroadcast.co or Tony Bruno Show. Dot com. But for myself, John Barchard, for Mr. James Zeltzer, and Mr. Patrick Wall, thank you for listening to this extended, jam-packed BGN Radio episode number 71 right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.